live from Albanian Orthodox Boxing Day sales. It's a Vocal Minority Podcast. Isn't that like in February or something? I've I, they sent the calendar. I haven't looked at it though. Like what the date? Whatever, Mac. Have you seen the price on this turnip right now? Wow! In this economy. Your voice. Wow. I thought when they said half off, it just meant they cut the top off. Hey, yo. Hey. <laughs> I mean, oh, it was a bomb of a joke. I know that it was a bomb of a yeah. joke. They still went for it, guys. And that's because we're friends. Yep. And Mark is, we will never accuse Mark of not committing to a bit. Oh, no, I don't half ass nothing. I full ass or no ass whatsoever. If you get half off a turnip, what are you getting? The tur and the nip? He, <laughs> I, I think it's the, the nip that you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you definitely want the tip. Everyone wants the, the nip. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that will be back in the new year. What? Yep. On Surprise! Who's, on whose word? Call in your stockings. On this week's show, we're going to talk about some CanBL CCL matches. Is it still called the CCL? Is it the CCC? Yeah, uh, Champions Cup or something. Cup or something stupid. Yeah, like, thank you. Oh, I like that. Come to cricket club. Uh, <laughs> it's the Canadian Championship coming to kill me. <laughs> These are all excellent. Uh, yeah. Talk about MLS pulling out of the U.S. Open Cup. Oh, oh they pulled That's out. That's a mess. I know they didn't have any protection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Try to guess what TFC will do in the super draft, i.e., let's look at some player names. Annual tradition. And then wrap up the year with a very special guest and probably more because it's us. And now this week's panel. Is it the Krampus? Shh. Rude. He's, he's here. Like, oh. For the record, like, record. it sounds like. To our special guest, we're not going to make you sit in silence for like two segments. Who's got three hours to wait for that to happen? <laughs> Dick, Dick Clark does. That's who. He's a special yeah. guest. He can wait. Robot yeah. Dick Clark. Yeah. Uh, anyway, with Robot dreams Dick. of proper kit numbers in his head, welcome to Duncan Fletcher. Hello. Still sick. Oh. It's only been five days. That's why. Five's a proper number. Five's a proper number. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. But I mean, do, does, do, does your number five is, is he playing in like is, is he one of the centre backs or yeah yeah a ball a ball a ball play a ball playing centre back okay yeah maybe yeah. the sweeper uh, yeah maybe he, he okay. has a good thing on him yeah okay yeah hoping Santa brings him that loom for I don't know like the eleventh year in a row say hello to Mark Hinckley it's not like I got a spot for it even if it does show up but. Like, How much better would all of our collective lives be if I so had better. a scarf loom? It'd be warmer. Fuck yeah, it would too. <laughs> Wu Tang said it rest. You gotta protect your neck. And what better than with a Kitnerd Mark special scarf? Probably has swears on it. You're welcome. Back to you, Kristen. Thank you, Marcus. Can I have a Nagoya Krampus 8 one? Done. Ooh. See, I'm I mean, I would. I when I say done, I mean sure, it's on the list. Not it's being made because that would imply I have a loom. What about a Krampus? A Krampus eight FC Santa Claus half and half. I'm sure we can. I find would pay good money for that. Okay, only if you would pay somebody else's money for that. Only, only <laughs> if on the Krampus eight badge, 
the whale has a beard. Yeah, but he's also like caning uh, a naughty child. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. caning like a naughty to... child. Huh? Caning, caning, caning. Okay. Oh, you know, is, is is that what Santa Claus does these days? No, That's it's a Krampus. 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 I had it mixed up. I was going leaning more into the Christmas than the Krampus. Uh, all right. I, yeah. If you're not getting tossed in the sack, you're at least going to get beat a little bit. Like, come on. Yeah. This 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 is this is too good for a stretch goal. We need to make this. <laughs> this is a next tier. Uh, planning on going out partying with Krampus. It's Tony Walsh. That's on the nose. I know. Occasionally they are. I, I, um, like, I, I mowed your grass. I didn't mean to with all that. I know. Stuff. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Oh, well. It's my Bavarian heritage. It's inevitable. It was bound to happen. Our very special present under the tree. Welcome to our very special guest, Gentleman James Grossi. Woo! Yeah. Hello, hello. Yeah. It's, uh, it's excellent to be back with you, with you guys. It's been a uh, far too long and sort of forgotten what the uh the general tone of the show was but i'm really looking forward to uh having a good chat with you guys you got all things canadian soccer today but but well, you're but, already but, wrong I, I i mean i mean sure you, you haven't been on in a while but you, you've been listening every week right james oh I, yeah every five days yeah. every five days i have a google alert set up it's and knocks all the other podcasts off the top of the queue while i'm I'm listening to it. What the VMP crew are, are chatting about. That's so nice. Also, I assume the regret's going to kick in in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if it hasn't already. You, you say that, James, but then you said you're going to have a, a chat about Canadian soccer. Like, you know, that, that's, we talk about you, Canadian soccer. Yeah, but like, you know. We well, talk about, I was just we, I was just going by the rundown and the general sense of you oh, know, that means nothing. Oh, they don't pay yeah. attention to the rundown, so yeah. All right, I will I will buckle myself in and prepare for uh, whatever comes. Mayhem. It's generally mayhem. Um. Anyway, as for me, I wish you all a lovely Saturnalia and a beautiful solstice. I am your host, Kristen Knowles, and now to the show. Why are you anti anti Jupiter? Because the holiday is not named after Jupiter. It's named after Saturn. Deal with it. You're in the pocket of big ring. Mm-hmm. Girl likes her rings. What can I say? All right. First up, it's what's been happening. And not a lot, really. It's a bit of a low season. However, oh, some Canadian soccer. Days. Canadian soccer player <laughs> awards. I'm going to wait. Are you going to sing it next? It's our only ca- been five days. Like, come on. Our, our like, calendar accounted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hear you complaining when it was a month. You complain about that? No, it was good times. <laughs> yes. Well, we had so much, we had so much material. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Last, just went one. Anyway, Canadian Soccer Player Award. Show. Yeah, Canadian and this is what we reduced to. Canadian Soccer Player Awards. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, every year, under the tree, Canadian Soccer Players find out whether or not they won awards. No. Um, so... 
they do this every year and uh, it's great because in some cases, you know, if you don't necessarily pay that much attention to uh, the national team players outside of, um, you know, the occasional match, uh, they do get nominated for awards and that gets voted on. And this year, I think um, the players that were chosen both for the youth players and for the senior team players uh, are very apt and well-deserving. Um, Ismail Kone and Jade Rose were named the Young Players of the Year. Fantastic. Um, Kone is having just really, really having a fantastic season. You saw him perform at... Um, and do some very nice things for the senior team. Uh, Jade Rose just growing by leaps and bounds just delightful to watch so much fun she's so smart it's unreal um but the senior team players probably again not surprising uh jesse fleming who is the basically the presumed the presumptive person uh, player to take over uh for christine sinclair as captain of the xnt um and who not only is incredibly important player for the uh the national team but also uh incredibly important player for chelsea so just you know she's won it three years in a row and well 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 deserved just by everything she contributes and then on the men's side uh steven eustachio who mm-hmm. again you see how we could, we noticed this year a couple of times when he wasn't available for the men's national team how different they looked and how important he is to that squad in particular, but also having uh, a hell of a time at FC Porto. So um, I was pretty psyched to see these names. Um, Thoughts, gentlemen? As uh, I will say that uh, um, for, for the women's player of the year, um, I wouldn't have been, um, wouldn't have been super surprised if, uh, if it was Lacasse's name on here, um, I saw a number of people mention that. Yes, like like just I think it was more just the the meteoric rise that just went from this. It felt like she just went from a fringe player to being like, "Holy shit, where have you been like forever? You're amazing," and I'm in that boat. I think she's incredible. Um, not that, that's not to undermine Fleming's role. So it was just I think it was just more of a. Like new car smell, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's just, like holy shit! Like we've got this, we've got this, this this player who's got a tool set that we have not seen on the Canadian team. I might go with ever, but definitely not recently. And she's just mercurial, and I can't get enough of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's why my brain went that way. Um, but for Fleming, sure, and for Eustachio. Um, okay. I mean, Porto lost today. Who would you pick instead? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't like, I don't have a standout that, that kind of compares either, either, either like individual, uh, contribution, like outside of the national team, like at the club level or, um, an influential part of the men's team like playing like we his absent well noted right but i'm not i, I I'm, I'm not I, I don't think i'm trying to say like he doesn't deserve it that's not it it's it's like oh yeah i guess he is the best men's player for this year is that's kind of my approach and it's not it's not fair 
I understand that, but that's just that's how- damning with some seriously faint praise. <laughs> no, I honestly, it, it was just I just felt like like for the last twelve months, the men's side was not the most inspiring. Um, you know, previous years, not fair comparison, but um, yeah, it's kind of like oh yeah, I guess based on what we saw, he would be the best. Is really kind of like my conclusion to that essay sorry for everyone yeah, that's the, that's the thing that's the thing that i always find the most tricky about about these year-end awards is you know are you going with the best out and out player overall or, or do you spread the love to maybe a player who who isn't the best player that that the team has but maybe had a particularly remarkable year that you know should maybe be celebrated how do you split that club versus country element? Are we talking about performance for the national team? Or are we talking about what they achieved with their with their respective club side? So it's always a bit of a a bit of a you know pick a name out of a hat sort of thing. And, and I always keep in mind there's there's that little bit of the headline element too. Like not to say that Christine Sinclair didn't deserve the 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 award every one of those many years in a row that she wanted, but you have to wonder how many of the people that they let vote on this really really watch what some of these players do with their clubs and, and really follow the sport particularly closely. So yeah, there's that's a lot what of I different. I think Stacchio and Fleming are both really worthy because of what they do with their clubs and what they do with the national teams. I think, I think both of those have like, yeah, Christine Sinclair a lot that was emotional, probably, you know, she was either doing something good with the country or with the club. It was rarely both in the same year, but um I don't know. I think Estacchio's influence and a performance at Porto, but again, his immediate effect on the men's national team, I don't think you can discount that. Um, and Jesse, man, she's just solid. Like Again, Chloe Lacasse, if she had won, I wouldn't have been upset. I like Chloe a lot and she has been a force. Like she has just come charging onto the scene. I wouldn't be surprised to see her win it next year if she keeps up like this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Like I think Vanessa Giles deserves some recognition for if we're talking for mm-hmm. the women's side, like in terms of being, you know, one of the most consistent pieces for that national team throughout a, a year that was a tough year. She was she was yeah. always there and she always was a factor in those matches. And, you know, on the men's side, I was I was a little bit afraid that we were gonna see Alfonso win it just for the name recognition, but so to yeah, see, and like, I would have been stuff. annoyed. To see Steph pick it up was awesome, but I also thought Kyle Laren and what he did to sort of resurrect his career in Spain and then the factor that he was for the men this year. And, uh, you know, Alistair Johnson, another guy who's who's burst onto the scene. And, you know, I know the Scottish treble isn't uh, the most celebrated uh, treble. Has Alistair Johnson burst onto the scene? Didn't he do that like two years ago? Yeah, yeah, but I still, I still mean. He missed like, up to the Celtic scene. <laughs> okay. I, I was referring more to like you know a guy who whose name isn't up there with Jonathan David and Alphonse and Davies, and in okay. terms of like the real stars for the team. But he's been, you know, one of the most consistent guys over the last couple of years. On you know his, his first major season over in Europe to pick up three trophies. That's uh, yeah something that I think we should recognize. Isn't it? Fair. Yeah. It's weird, just as well, just that it's you know for the calendar year, whereas you know most of the sort of club seasons and everything are like very much. You know, it's just the end of last season and the beginning of this one. It's all very weird because yeah, you mentioned like Kyle Larin, he sort of absolutely fucking lit it up uh, at the end of last season for uh, Mallorca, is it? 
um, whoever he's with. And then, yeah, this season, not so much. Um, but yeah, yeah, he had a really good uh, sort of time there. He sort of burst onto the scene with a lot of goals uh, in La Liga, which is impressive. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I guess, sort of no complaints uh, uh, for either of them, really. I think um, to add to, just to add back to what Mark was talking about uh, in reference to uh, someone being mercurial, the important thing to notice is we've uh, mentioned three of our solar system's planets in this conversation so far. <laughs> so extra points, extra points you can uh, shoehorn in the rest of them. Oh, why, 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 why? Because do- it's the end of the 20- year. Because it's our Christmas, it's our Christmas party. Tony, yeah. um, who, who who performed the song "Pump Up the Volume"? Um, right, let me think about that. Let me check. Spotify. Anybody? Ooh. Anyone? Mars. What was, what was Goofy's dog's name? Uranus. <laughs> yeah, I come up. These have got to come up naturally. We can't just like make jokes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, oh, is that what that is? Okay. Okay. Sure. We've we've got to work to bring these. We've got a standard to live up to. Is that what you're saying? I agree with Duncan. (laughs) Shocking. I am shocked that you agree with Duncan. Let's let's not forget. We should take advantage of James being here because he has a earth of knowledge that we can really get behind. And let the line mark. Flag of the line. Yeah, I mean, what, to, I just to, want to make sure we didn't miss yeah. it. As I said, the word dearth. That's all. I mean, basically, to just be throwing things in, so kind of like willy nilly. I mean, it really mars the whole idea of the contest. Really, exactly, I think. exactly, Duncan. Mm. That's how you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You all suck. All right. Um, moving on to <laughs> man. I, what what you do? I don't. I, no no business of mine. Um. So I think, I think it's your awareness. It's your business. Yeah, I just as I said it, I heard what I was saying, and why do I do this anyway? Uranus uh, is your business. <laughs> that's that. That's from the uh, the Chamber of Commerce for for, for Uranus, the planet of Uranus. <laughs> In, invest. I hate you both yes. so very much. Yeah. I really do. You're worse when you're sick. Uranus, open for business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving on. Yes. Wow, Uranus has a Uranus has a lot of tourism slogans when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Marcus. Yes. Would you like to talk about Wubin's leaving Hamilton? Um, or or will, weaving, or weaving Hamilton. Thank you, Quiston. Um, yeah, I will, I'm not going to keep that up. <laughs> it's, I, I feel like, I feel like it's uh, unfortunate from a Forge perspective that we got this young kid who can, you can start him, he'll score goals, he can come off the bench and score goals. He, the, the, the guy has got an incredible sense of where everyone's around him and how to place a ball past all of them and um it's been a delight and pleasure seeing him play for the last i believe it's three seasons um and uh as i said while it's sad yes. for us i'm very thrilled that he is 
moving on to hope, uh, hopefully bigger and better things. He deserves bigger and better things. And if it's to MLS, um, I I was thinking about this after after you you pinged me about it, Kristen. And I think my kind of conclusion is that CanPL had feels like it 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 will always be this, or at least when I say always, the last five years is. Are we so inferior that you guys aren't poach, aren't po- poaching our better players on the regular when in relation to MLS? And I feel like it's it's only a matter of time before that stream becomes more regular than one player a year. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a validity as a developmental league for that to you know, you need that. You need that verification that yeah, we're sending a player to a league that's going to pay him well and look after him type thing. MLS jokes aside. Um, but I kind of felt like, like I think, it's a, I think it's a good move. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think he could have gone. I felt like he could have gone last year, but you know, I'm not a scout. I know surprise, right? I'm not a scout. <laughs> I'm not a manager. I, I, I'm, I don't even know whether he was, his contract was even up so he could go. Yeah. I, has, has he actually moved anywhere yet? People say, oh, it's a good move. Has he actually moved anywhere yet? Or so, is, is so Winnipeg going to be announced next week that they've signed him? That would be I awesome. Want, I want Winnipeg to be the new Hamilton of this league. Oh, my so God. I think smaller teams go to Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jesus, would Christ. love to be the new Hamilton, but they're going to be gray mice forever. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I feel like I, I don't know where the, the whole ML, like I'm going to MLS thing came from. <laughs> I don't know if that was something he said. I don't know if that was implied or i think it's been implied heavily rumored or somebody or somebody from behind the scenes kind of like said oh yeah he's leaving forge to go to mls well to go to mls is kind of vague because like well there's 29 destinations um literally could be any one of them but to be that vague is like you may as well Well, just said yeah i'm going to england actually great you know a little uh the rumor is nashville but patrice bernier actually came out and said that he'd signed with an MLS side without stating which one it was. signed with an MLS team? Wow, good for him. Good for him, yeah. Uh, Yeah, legend deserves it. Yes. Um, Yeah, so like... And then the day after he said that, Wubin said that he was leaving Forge, so... That's fine. Conclusions were being drawn in that general direction. That's that's the, the Bernier thing I completely forgot about, so thank you. Um, yeah, so was, uh, again, all I want for any Canadian player, regardless if it's my team or not, is upward trajectory and opportunity. And as long as he gets upward trajectory, which is what it looks like, and opportunity, we'll find out when he gets there. I'm very happy for them. So um, he'll be missed. But for all I know, Bobby's got two players who are just as good that we haven't seen yet. Because that's what we've seen. I'm not saying he does. <laughs> But like we would we would lose we we lost we lost a, a stalwart central defender and and then somebody came in like they just moved positions and made a spot like it was just crazy like how do you fucking we lost an all-star and like for like for good 18 games and service never was disrupted it was the same fucking team like how my brain was being bent at how good that system is 
So like this is this is the case like Forge is one of the few clubs on the planet where if they lose a player, I'm like, there's probably somebody waiting. So yeah, same deal. There's probably somebody waiting. Yeah, but who who was who was Victoria's best player last season? He can go play for Hamilton, I'm sure. Oh, well, it's it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure that will happen. So. Kristen knows that Pacific is Forge's feeder seat feeder team. So. Mm. I feel most sorry for the delis in Hamilton forced to take the uh, Wuben sandwich off the uh, menu. I know, right? Uh, they were just starting to sell. Pastuami. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's uh that's what it is, I feel. And and uh also too from the from the handful of like chats that I have with other Forge supporters, like we're thrilled. We are genuinely thrilled for him. Like when when uh when um Tristan Borges got that Mm-hmm. crazy move to to oh louverin uh, after that first season we thought holy shit like we didn't think we'd see somebody leaving so quickly and of course things beyond his control fell apart and he was just relegated to the to the reserve side and then he ended up coming back but like we didn't miss a beat without him we won the trophy next year <laughs> And he scored a boatload of goals. So, yeah, it's, it's it, the, the forge thing is super weird. And when it comes to an end, I'm just going to be grateful I was there for any of it at all. So <laughs> that's fair. There, yeah, for me, like this is what you want from the CPL is you want guys to to have the opportunity to make a name for themselves and, and then to move on when the opportunity presents itself. And, you know, if it is natural, you know, they've shown us uh propensity to, to reach into the Canadian markets and, and you know, see yeah. some opportunity there. You know, we got Jacob Schaffelberg there, Lucas McNaughton there, uh, their second team in Huntsville, Isaiah Johnson and, and Chris Novick and Saw of New York United formerly Jeez. were both there last season. So, you know, I I think you, you just have to say, you know, a, a young man that very few of us had heard of when, when Bobby plucked him out from the forges is uh, leaving for a better opportunity. And that's, you know, Mark, what you were saying about Forge always having another guy in the pipeline, I think what that speaks to is, you know, eight teams, 20 players per roster. It's 160 jobs of professional footballers for guys here in Canada. And you know, the fact that there's always a next guy to step up and, and step into those roles and, and take over those minutes and sort of a, a hint that, you know, there's more talent out there, and for every guy who does get the opportunity and goes on to do something with it, you, you still have to wonder how many guys aren't getting that, and how many are are we missing, and how many are falling through the cracks. Like we spoke a little bit about Ismail Coney, and he was another guy who, you know, wasn't in an MLS academy. Sort of had had some conversations about going over to Europe, but ended up playing in uh, in League One Quebec for uh, CS Saint Laurent before before joining Montreal, and then. The sky's the limit for him. So, yeah, every single guy who who gets this opportunity and and strengthens that pathway from CBL to MLS or to Europe or whatever it may be is just another bit of that proof of concept. I think the one thing that the CBL in particular has to look at is is how long they're able to lock those guys down. Like, are they able to get a transfer fee for a guy, or you know, is the is the cycle of one year, two year contracts sort of limiting the money that they can make from this opportunity? But you know, for me, five years in, I I think you're you take that and you use this as proof of concept, and you you know maybe say 
we don't need a transfer fee this time because that's where we are financially right now. But in the future, you hope that the guys like this who go on and, and hopefully have success make that next guy that comes along that much more of a of a, a valuable prospect to, to continue strengthening those pathways. Is there something to yeah. be said about um, that Nashville is what I always kind of wanted TFC to actually be, which was like a finishing school for Canadian young Canadian talent, and they're not, but Nashville is? Um, yeah, I, I think, that, you know, the the conversation of whether TFC does enough, like Nashville's not exactly winning MLS Cups either. Yeah. Uh, although they did go quite far in the League's Cup this year, and, and it was worth noting, and Gary Smith's the guy who's done that before with his time in Colorado. So, yeah, you could you could say that, but, uh, you know... I, I think you could say that about a lot of other MLS teams, too, that take all the Canadian players that Toronto just discards, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have two yeah. points from what so it's like Jim said just a, a little while back there. Um, one, you know, he's kind of getting into like Nashville's B team and this player went home and he's like, okay, well, this is what James brings to the show. Fantastic. Two, James, you can go ahead and bullshit us with anything here. And uh, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You can yeah, yeah. make up I, team names, make up player names, and uh, yeah, just enjoy yourself, James, over the next uh, hour or so. Cause, uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't dream of fact checking him. Like honestly, no, no. not not a chance. Like, why would why would gentleman James Grossi lie to us? And even if he did, bravo, we wouldn't check. Yeah, we would yeah. check. I, I so feel like this, if you're gonna if you want to like work on some lies and just you know just sort of trot yeah. those out and workshop, workshop them a little bit. Shit. Our show is the yeah. place for that, really. So, if I was a little bit more quick witted, I would take advantage of that, but. Uh... I'm I'm a bit more of a tourist than air when it comes to that sort of thing. It takes me a while to come up with something good. So maybe next time I'm on, I'll have some uh, some excellent some excellent details for you guys to uh, get this lens back. Yeah, that's you know, for the thing. I there's like I can't remember the name of the game, but you no, know, just throw out like ten facts about random players or teams or what have you. Can be at least two of them are completely made up. Who knows? And then, you know, after the fact, after we've posted the episode, you know, put it on Twitter. <laughs> Check these guys out. Look at these fucking dummies. They believe this. <laughs> you know, All right. I will prepare a spot the lie <laughs> segment for uh, my next appearance. <laughs> oh, Beautiful. my God. I'm, this is already, that, that show is going to be the best show we do. The numbers we're going to do on this going to be so good. Tens of people. No, actually, I love it. James, I'm booking you in. We'll talk. We'll talk after the show. We'll, we'll find a date. Uh, this time it's next year. It's not a year now. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of things we're talking about, let's move on to what we're talking about. And um, hey. Oh, a hell of a, that's a hell of a segue right there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, even notice. It's as deep and as wide as Neptune's <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking found a way to put Neptune in this shit. Yeah. I do feel like, folks. Moment, I do I feel like, like any moment. talk about Pacific should have helped you there, like the Trident, yeah. Neptune. Yeah, but we I aren't going to talk about them because they're not doing fuck all right now. Yeah, that's fair. But also, <laughs> except for team. except yeah. for we're about to spend time talking about the CCL. And where play yeah. where teams might be playing and things yeah. like that. 
that's anywhere that's else. Deep, deep and wide thing would have worked better with Uranus than with Neptune's kingdom. But, you know, hey, we've already been there, done that. We've covered yeah, Uranus. We've, uh, that, we've visited that way more times, <laughs> even before we were doing this game on this episode. Yeah, indeed. You're really right. overusing Uranus. Yeah, yeah. I like to. You know, nothing. Nobody wants a prolapse planet on this show. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. My God, it's full of stars. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, Kristen. Go on. Yeah, thanks. Come on, Kristen. Come on, Kristen. Yeah. Come on, Kristen. Uh, Fuck you all. Um, so yeah. the CCL, CCC, whatever the fuck it is, um, can't be all teams. There's some can't be all teams that get to play in that this year, and mm. their their opponents have been announced. Delightful, except for you know, Mark Kinkley broke that news last week. Yeah, he was really good at it too. Very rare. Yeah. It was. It was wonderful. But not a full week ago. Yeah. <sighs> I know what you mean. Days ago, Mark Mark broke those. True. <laughs> yes. True. But what has happened since then, Kristen? That's a good question. Because it wasn't just about the teams. It wasn't about just the teams. It was about the venues. We know the who, but where? Ladies mm. and gentlemen. And what can only be described as fucking hilarious. When the schedule was announced, it, had, it, it Calgary had almost within within 24 hours it felt like announced to the world that they will not be playing their games at home because the horsey place doesn't do winter nice and far be it for me to question mcmahon stadium's capabilities because turf and there's no football hut up football in february in calgary they've decided that they're gonna go play as close as they could. Victoria, BC. They're playing the game at Starlight Stadium on the island, home of one of Kristen's favorite teams. And my most uh, favorite, thank you very much. Starlight. My most favorite CanPL team. On that side of the <laughs> country, yes. On that side of the of the uh Georgia Strait. True. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, that goes yeah. without saying. Yeah. I think that goes without saying. Um, yeah. So uh, they announced it much to their dismay of their supporters. <laughs> and I think I, I think I get an, uh, an additional boost of, of, of schadenfreude, I think is probably the best way to put it, is because it just seems like um, they're so angry. Calvary tears power me a little bit. And, so and I know, like, it's not just me. I know a lot of Forge supporters enjoy watching them get wound all the way up. Uh, and this was, is just one more to the pile. They're, they're so, I was, like, I was, I was very confused. I found out because I saw a post from a Calgary supporter that said they were heartbroken and angry with zero context. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was seriously, I was, I was about to message this person because I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, what has happened? Are you like, I thought something truly yeah. horrible like uh, that had happened in their life. I was, I was like, oh my God. And then I clicked on comments on the post and I was like, oh, it's that. And then I went to Google and I found yeah. the announcement. Yeah. Was it yeah. sexism, racism, dead animals? No. A moved home date in the dead of winter. 
Have, have have the Pony Boys ever qualified for Europe before, or is this their first ever? You like the first Europe? ever? First really? ever. Okay, yeah. 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 Hey, so that's part of that's part of why they're so upset. Victoria. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is their first ever foray into this, and they feel like they're getting completely fucked over now. Um, the team has said, or I've, I didn't, I don't have, I didn't find, I couldn't, I forgot to like look for the, 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 the thing that said this, mm-hmm. that apparently they're going to help with travel arrangements and, and places to stay and flights I and cannot wait to whatever. see what that looks like. Um, lots of maps, lots of maps, <laughs> lots of maps, <laughs> CAA triptychs, man, yeah. you all, can't go wrong. All of a sudden their shit is now sponsored by amazing. Greyhound. Instead <laughs> 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 of WestJet. 5% off EC ferries. <laughs> so, but then, and, and we sort of, we, we did talk about the fact that, you know, Hamilton gets a home match. <laughs> um, now I, 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 I understand that Alberta, colder yeah than ontario most of the time yeah however latitude guys latitude hamilton in the beginning of february sucks at eight o'clock at night sucks is not a warm place (laughs) but hamilton gets a home match all right so february 8th against cd guadalajara Kristen knows this because she is a diehard Forge supporter. That stadium is a fucking wind tunnel. It's horrible. It's a, it's a wind tunnel in the summer, which can help. But when the sun goes down in October, it is fucking five degrees colder than what it is outside the stadium. It At least. sucks. Think so the it, wind effect at BMO Field, but worse, honestly. So I we, was going to... When, when we, we, when we, we, Kristen and I, when we qualified for Europe, when we had Cruz Azul, uh, somehow, somehow it was only like the game day weather was like two degrees, which, you know, still sucks, but it rained yeah, sideways because it's a wind tunnel and it sucks. Um, it's not going to be pleasant for Hamilton, but more importantly, it's really not going to be pleasant for Chivas. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, take it as you will. I mean, it's not the first time a football match has been played in the winter in Hamilton. Nope. Yeah, that's where my mind went. My mind went back to that Canada-USA game. Oh, yeah, of course. Hamilton Glorious. Not yeah, too yeah. long ago, but that was a what one p.m. two p.m. kickoff. Yeah, that was, was, was yeah. There was. I was sun-ish. standing around in that parking lot at about six p.m., ready to uh, light a fire and keep myself yeah. warm. It was so cold, and so when, I cannot imagine what it's going to be like at eight p.m. in Hamilton in February. And it's, I think it's a little bit earlier in February than that. The U.S. game is going to be. It is. So, yeah, it's the. That's, it's, 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 at, it's at least it's at least two weeks, maybe three weeks earlier than that Canada U.S. match was, I think. And those are an important two or three weeks when it comes to what the general vibe around yes. Southern Ontario mm-hmm. is. Wasn't so, that Canada game? It's like the end of January. Canada I thought it was at the end of February. Maybe I don't know. That might have been the end of January. Oh, maybe. Mm. But what I sort of what I, Oh no, actually. Duncan, you you Google. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. 
wonderful. Um, but what yes. I was and what I haven't because I just I I saw this uh, you know a little while ago when I sent you guys the the screen cap. But um, what I haven't seen because I didn't have a chance to really go looking to see any Pony Boy fans reactions to well Hamilton's game doesn't have to get moved. You know what I mean? Like I I wasn't yeah January thirtieth. Oh was, shit! Uh, when the okay. played, uh, US. Yep. I totally thought it was later. Thank you, Duncan. Wasn't there? You're very um, welcome. Uh, with the cavalry, I kind of felt like maybe maybe it was somebody speculating, but that there was um, <laughs> possible <laughs> pressure to move the game because of Orlando's demands rather than <laughs> what cavalry could or couldn't do. I saw, yeah, because I think, yeah, Which it was. There was. There, I saw a lot of speculation about whether it was like CanPL sponsors, whether it was CONCACAF making the demand. Um, Because CONCACAF, like you got, what people do have to understand is that in these tournaments, uh, CONCACAF holds, you know, all the cards basically. And if they determine Mm -hmm. that this can't happen, then it's not going to happen. So you can't, anyone who's mad at the league Anyone's mad at CanPL needs to like slow their roll because um, there's only so much they can do. This is a generally, but that's also not to say that Orlando, as whatever a bigger club, lol. Um, uh-huh. Sorry, Will. Um, uh-huh. Doesn't hold a bit more sway. I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things. But yes, Calgary Colder, their stadium not equipped in any way, shape, or form to have a playing surface that is safe. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. Who, who doesn't want to see horses on ice? Equestrian. <laughs> yeah. Frozen plastic pitch. Mm, that sounds amazing. Delicious. You know what the best part is? Is, is how uh, on that date, there's going to be a Chinook that raises the temperature to like 16 degrees. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, that'll be great. You know, I do anyway. I do have some sympathy for the Calvary fans. Like you you from a fan standpoint, you really want these special moments to be on your you turf, know, for yeah. those memories to happen in those special places. So it 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 does mm-hmm. suck um that they will not be able to do that, but it's it's kind of one of the realities of, of where we live in the world and the way that these calendars are set up. You know, it's not the first time TFC had to play their Champions League games at the Skydome once upon a time. Most of Montreal's have been played yeah. at, at the Skydome. Build yourself Olympics. a Skydome, yep. Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> Burn. Uh, and in Vancouver as well, they're not going to be playing their home game at, yeah. at home because of uh, a garden show. And, you know, so I was a little bit, <laughs> I was, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, so I actually dug into the, the CONCACAF Champions Cup rules and regulations and you know, I don't know if Orlando has more sway than Calvary does, uh, you know, especially considering some of the venues we've seen these games played in over the years. Yes. Uh, but one of the rules is that CONCACAF needs five days of access to the stadium before uh, the day of the match. And so five that was days? Oh, I thought it was tour. three days. Oh, that's no, interesting. No, it's five days. And they ah. also require a snifter of brown M&Ms. And as we all know, you can see... So, I mean, like, as you mentioned, I really hope that Cavalry, you know, find a way to get as many fans there as you can, because it, if it can't be in your home, it should still be a home game. 
and uh, it could be worse. You know, like there, it's not the not the closest two locations in Canada, but it's also not the furthest. So, yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things that that happens in Canada. It's everywhere. You can't really control. I hadn't seen it all that that the Vancouver was moving as well. This is the first time I've heard it. But they're into play their game in, in Victoria as well. Yeah. Fantastic. That, I know. I, that makes sense. In a chat, somebody says, Yeah, I'm gonna get to see Shivas play. I'm like, in Victoria? <laughs> or not Shivas, Tigres. Tigres. I'm Tigres. like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like oh, they, I, I, and the, yeah. genuinely, I thought oh, they're gonna do a they're gonna do an exhibition with exactly the, while they're in te- while they're in the province, they're gonna just go, you know. Yeah. That makes way more yeah. sense. What what a fucking time to live in Victoria! I Jesus, imagine being a, a supporter of whatever Mexico calls its league. Um, I forget League MX. There you go. That's the one. Yes. Uh, imagine being a, a League MX supporter who lives in Victoria. All of a sudden, fucking everyone's coming to town. Magical. Festival week. Yeah. It's pretty wild. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. You, you can't fight the garden show. Yeah, true. Although you think a good pitch would be laid. True. I, could, 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 could Vancouver not have played their game in Langley? Presumably it's not going to be that cold in BC. Langley Stadium would have been fine, no? I mean, and they're in Vancouver. Vancouver plays there. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Wouldn't Seattle be closer? I got a Victoria. (laughs) Probably. That's that's one of the conversations that's sort of going on is why was Willoughby Community Park or why was, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of that other place. Where did the Whitecaps used to play? What was that? Swangard. Empire Stadium. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was that for about 12 months. Empire Field at Swanguard Stadium, I believe, was the official. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, sure. yes. so why neither of those venues, uh, as opposed to Langley, Blue Bell, uh, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it an awful lot over the next month or so to figure out exactly what went on there. Everyone's in the pocket of Big Victoria. That's that's the thing. Yep. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the Regina Agrodome? Who's using that? I'm fed. Yeah, exactly. The Saskatchewan Campbell team. Yeah, the, 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 there's a farming show at the Agrodome for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the other sort of surprise announcements in the North American footballing world came the other day, and that was that MLS senior teams, MLS, the the actual MLS teams would no longer be participating in the U.S. Open Cup, which, quite frankly, surprised many, 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 many people. Um, And instead, they're going to have the MLS Next Pro teams represent the individual organizations in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. So, um, so they they turned the U.S. Open Cup into the Johnson's Paint Trophy, basically. Mm-hmm. And, but you you mentioned that the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup yes. wasn't Lamar Hunt 
like a big fucking MLS guy, wasn't he? Like one of the the two people that owned oh, yes, like, like the basically like five teams or some shit. Yeah, he yeah. held yeah. up the league like he was basically Atlas. You know, here I yeah. am hanging on to the league for you guys. I know that was uh, pissing all over his grave. Is he dead? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, he, he is. is dead. Okay. Oh yeah, he's the, dead. And yeah, they're pissing on his grave. That's harsh. Yes, and his ghost. Yes. Yes. Well, through, right through through. His, they're pissing through his ghost, yeah. Yeah, onto his grave. Onto his grave, yeah. Because he's probably and one of the things. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of the things that's come out of this is, you know, like, you know, Garber more than once over the years has talked about the strain on MLS sides participating yeah, whatever, whatever in this tournament. causing that. Uh, really? I don't know, but you know, like let's. But what about let's see? What about a tournament that shuts a tournament? I use the words very loosely. That shuts down your own league for an entire <laughs> fucking month. It's just a cash grab. Hmm. You know, like anyway, it's uh, it's not being well received by pretty much anyone, and I like have to wonder if this will last a season like if it'll just be they're gonna do it next year because they've announced it you mean, but, you mean people aren't people aren't jazzed about the u.s open cup final between red bulls 2 and colorado rapids 2 correct well that i think the most um <clears throat> the most cutting line of the press release was actually the one that came after saying that they would be represented by their mls next pro clubs this year that the league would be considering their future involvement in the competition for any time after that. So, like, that is, uh, it's it's long been a source of contention between MLS and, and US Open Cup, the, the group that runs that in terms of not not so much the league itself in, in the competition, but it it is a an external source. And, you know, a lot of the conversation went towards uh, the league not wanting to share rights to broadcast messy yep. magic moments um that's that's assuredly part of it and i mean this is a well, business that they apple. just sign a huge deal with apple uh and the lease cup is a property that they have full control of and this is a, a competition that they have absolutely no control over. yeah so and i've seen more than is- one person mention that and i fully believe that apple the involvement of apple and their 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 association with apple has a huge part to play in this I, I think you're probably right there. The the thing that came to my mind was, you know, there were rumblings last year and, and some comments from Andre Blake sort of stood out the most in this regard that, you know, between the league and the CONCACAF Champions Cup or league as it was back then and the league's cup and national team requirements, especially with the Nations League uh, filling the calendar the way that it has, as well as domestic cups, MLS players were starting to, to feel like they were being played a little bit too much and something had to give uh, just with the sheer amount of games that were on the calendar mm-hmm. for these guys. And, you know, the U.S. Open Cup has, has long been a lukewarm relationship with with MLS. We've seen lots of teams, uh, you know, rest guys, lots of guys not make those journeys, lots, oh, of, guys, yeah. lots of teams, you know, sudden more than injuries. happy to sort of drop out of it. Uh, yeah, that whole sudden injuries, the whole, you know, E players not even bothering to make the trip and, Oh yeah, but this was this was kind of long in the coming, uh, I think. But it it's a shame, you know, for the part of the world that has a lot of soccer history and and that is keen to 
uh, take advantage of that software history when it suits their purposes, such as, you know, Vancouver being founded in 1974 and the Seattle Sounders haven't been around since the Stone Age and all that sort of stuff. Uh, to, to give up something that, that genuinely had that cup romance that we talk about, uh, even if it's been a tad neglected over the last decade, is is, is sad. But it's it feels to me like it, it's kind of where the modern sport is right now. This is... You know, we've seen conflicts between leagues and clubs and governing bodies fly up in a bunch of different places over the years. Uh, and this is just another example of that to my mind. God damn it, James, mm-hmm. making sense and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the uh the pending power struggle over this is uh I, I, I hope it becomes a bigger thing. I genuinely hope it becomes a bigger thing. Mostly because I feel like the way that MLS has tried to effectively manipulate strong arm and utterly control what U.S. soccer's influence, like the Federation, over every like everybody else. It's us and and you know fuck everyone else. You know, I don't. Too bad about USL. It's it's nice that they exist, but they're in our way. We don't need if they went away, that would be better for us because then they seem to think that <clears throat> all those Indy Eleven supporters are all of a sudden going to start becoming sporting Kansas City supporters. No, that's right. not how any of that shit that's works, not and it's never going to work. And they could the only way it's going to work is if they put sixty teams in the league. And I wouldn't put it past them to try, but uh, I. I, I kind of want the USSF to kind of get a spine of any shape, just one that's, you know, semi-durable and actively push back and punish MLS. And I don't know how they can, what what kind of leverage they have, if they have any at all. But I I kind of feel like the American mindset does not fully understand or appreciate listen, the American sporting mindset doesn't fully appreciate why soccer's kind of cool because mm-hmm. because the you know the double a Dunedin Blue Jays never get a chance to go up to triple a and they certainly never get the chance to have a meaningful game against the Baltimore Orioles like the the concept that my neighborhood team can play a huge team if they get lucky, if they do well, and it, like and nobody's really truly getting excited at the idea of like Colorado Rapids are coming to Lansing, Michigan. Like no one's getting really, really, truly <laughs> excited. But you don't get excited because Colorado's coming. You're getting excited because you get the chance to take their ass out and then go face somebody else that plays in the same league as them. And that to me is the tastiest thing. Like Toronto FC going into into Europe way back in the long, long ago, beating Cruz Azul, that yeah. Toronto team was not good. My God, how fucking awesome was it when we did? Oh, so and I don't fun. know how many if how if there were a lot of TFC supporters. And I'm not I'm not like clout checking anybody. You know, you do you enjoy your game as you enjoy your game. But to me, that was such a, a wonderful moment because that that Cruz Azul teams was was both budget and talent way above what Toronto was. 
and we beat them. And I'm sure the next time Cruz Azul came back, they came back with a vengeance and smoked us, which I believe that's that did happen. That, that did happen, yeah. But but that's not like it's not about you know if we don't win a trophy, this is a wash. It's about let's get a victory here and just see some shit. You know, it's it's a chance for your your tiny little team or your medium sized team or hell even your big team to take on somebody else to to test your medal against somebody else. Because otherwise, how else are you going to know how good MLS is or how not good MLS is? And I feel like, like for for like the culture of what we know as football, soccer, it's important for these games to exist. Even if it's you only get one crack at it, and if you're out, you're out, and that's it. We'll try again next year. So be it. And for MLS to take that away, it's like they do not give a fuck about soccer. They only give a fuck about MLS, and that's a problem to me. And well, you guys all saw. Oh, sorry, well, well. no. I was, all I was gonna say was, and thankfully we haven't had to run into that bullshit yet in Canada. Not to say that it won't come sooner than later, but we haven't had to deal with that bullshit yet. Well, I won't rest until D Row United plays at Demo Field. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, you guys all saw that that French team in the fifth tier celebrating drawing PSG in one of the French cups that the yeah, that was going around. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it oh, is. Wow. It, it's one of the most magical elements of, of this game, and it's it plugs you into the wider lens of you know it's easy to get stuck in your team's schedule from week to week and forget that there's other football going on there and, and on elsewhere. And this is one of those beautiful things that that. You know, it would be a shame if we lost this sort of thing. I was a little bit, I don't, you guys saw Mark Noonan, the CPL commissioner's tweet when those names came out about how the CPL clubs will be taking part in the Canadian championship this season. I don't know who that was for, but I laughed. Wait, I, what I, is, I have, did he yeah, really? Uh, yeah, he did. Okay, I that's awesome. I was having a fever dream and I was like, what is happening here? What's going on? Is he taking a shot at, at the U.S. soccer scene? Oh my what's, God, that's, a, that's amazing. Oh, I'm yeah, so sad I didn't to... see that. Uh, it is still up there. You can go check it out. After, I'm, I'm, but, uh, I'm looking right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those decisions that, that makes sense in our boardroom um, in terms of you know controlling your content and maximizing returns and, and all that sort of stuff but it does overlook one of the things that i think is the heart of what makes this game special so yeah who knows who knows where it's going to go in the long run is this just a one-year thing and before we change topics i mean i'm happy for all these mls next pro guys like i, I know a lot of people don't pay as much attention to that league it's there's a lot of soccer on on any weekend uh in the MLS schedule, just given that there are now 29 teams, uh, it's almost impossible to watch it all. But you know, it's a it'll be a good chance for some of these young guys to uh, to get out there and, and to show themselves on a stage that you know maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise. So uh, I'm 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 somewhat looking forward to see what this looks like because every year the U.S. Open Cup throws up some of the some of the more dramatic action that we see oh, yeah. every year. But, U.S. Open Cup's fun. Well, it's just like the Canadian Championship in that it's it's one of those yeah. times a year that you know you might not have time for every game, but you're always eager to hear, you know what that what the headline stories are, whether it's Sacramento Republic going on a run with Danny Dickey as one of their assistant coaches, uh, you know, random little team going up against the LA Galaxy. One, it's it's a lot of fun, and so 
it's a shame, but it's it's sort of where the game is now, and, and we'll see what that you know portends for the future. Uh, nice wordage, sir. Seriously, portends, amazing, love it. All right. So, Mr. James, thank you so much for being on the show this week. It has been far too long, and we have missed your insight and your awareness and knowledge of Toronto FC, not just the senior team, but more importantly, TFC2. Mm-hmm. And you are the reigning expert on TFC2, in fact. Um, so... We haven't had a chance to really ask you much about TFC this year as a team or TFC2, et cetera, et cetera. So if you wouldn't mind, and I'm sure you have seven pages of notes, um, giving us your thoughts on what worked and what didn't and who to watch for from TFC2 in the coming year. And then gentlemen, please feel free to peppermint, peppermint, pepper Mr. Grossi with questions. I was worried where you were going when you started buttering me up there. Um, what worked with, with, and what didn't work? What worked and what didn't? I mean... Did anything work? This season, no. But I think it's pretty fair to say that, you know, in, in all my time watching this team and in all my time covering this team, there have been periods where where things went wrong. You know, if I think of that season uh, after the treble win, the the Concacaf Champions League exertions, and and how that team just couldn't seem to find a way that to put things together after that. Um, that was tough a couple seasons ago under Chris Armas. That was a season where not a lot of things went particularly well. But this season, it it just kind of it felt like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the issues that had been sort of covered over with tape or covered over with with uh effort or or with make do fixes sort of came came un unraveled it's uh it, you know i i knew you would be asking me this question and so i was sort of thinking to myself like where do you even begin to, to diagnose what happened to this tfc team this year and you know for me to to you you can't look at what happened this year in isolation of just from January start of preseason camp to July when when everything falls apart and then to to see where we are with a another new coach coming in a new general manager another front office revolution and, and I'm sure a bunch of changes coming on the player personnel side as well and, you know for me it, it it goes back to that season after the CCL success, or the near success, I should say, the appearing in the CONCACAF Champions League final. It, it was pretty clear back then that that they needed to retool and they needed to rejuvenate the side. And and they didn't. Over, well, I think that's what it came down to, was that it, everyone knew it was time. When a team reaches its peak, it's it's that much harder to sustain it than it is to, to thank everybody and move on and start building the next one and maybe having a tough year in between it. And Toronto, was, they wanted to stay at that level. And, and to do that, you take risks and you make decisions that, you know, are decisions for today and not necessarily decisions for tomorrow. And over time, that compounds. You know, you have Tim Bezbachenko leaving, you have Seb- Sebastian Jovinko leaving, you have 
the decision to re-sign Josie Altidore shortly after Joe Vinko leaves, which I think was a factor in that. And then you have the pandemic and, and playing half a season in Connecticut and then starting the next season in Florida. And then you have Greg Vanny leaving. And then you have the fact that off seasons have been getting shorter and shorter. And while we're in the middle of the pandemic, I'm sure the pool of of potential new coaches to come in and, and start creating that new foundation was limited at that time. And, you know, Ali Curtis comes in, Chris Armas comes in, that doesn't work. You have a raft of players coming in and out. And, you know, one of the things that stuck in my mind over these last couple of years was I remember listening to a press conference with Mark DeSantos and, and he was talking about just how hard it was for these Canadian teams to to relocate themselves for a year and move away from their families and, mm-hmm. and play their home games at somebody else's stadium and try to have a semblance of normalcy in that. And, and he said that like the guys that he talks to about soccer elsewhere in the world could not fathom what it was that these Canadian teams were going through. And I don't think we paid enough attention to how much friction that created and how difficult that was for teams to come out of and, and how that frayed a lot of guys' attitudes and, I think all of that, all of that, all of the player decisions, all of the coaching decisions, um, all of that came to a head this year, you know, and, and on paper, if you look at any of those decisions, even if, you know, Ali Curtis had, had struggled with the Red Bulls after James Binder came in and Chris Armas hadn't had the most success as a, as a coach, but he's a guy that knows the league and he knows the game. And on paper, Chris Armas... Ali Curtis, Bob Bradley, Jefferson Soteldo, Lorenzo Insigne, Federico Bernardeschi. These are all these are all on paper good decisions. Decisions that you can say, yeah, I can see how that could work. And and it just everything fell apart this year for this team. And you know, you can I think one of the things that we've learned in MLS, it's really important to get your big decisions right. That's something that everyone always talks about. Your DPs have to be contributors. They have to be the main guys on the team. But the the lesser the lesser celebrated corollary to that is that you have to get more of your little decisions right than wrong. And for that period from 2015 to 2017, that's what TFC did. They got those little decisions right. And since then, far too many of them have been wrong. So one of the things, I, I have two questions sort of for you, just as, again, as a up-close observer of the team, someone who writes about the team, um, and something that I sort of feel might have potential to change in this coming season, or at least one of the two things. Um, like TFC has been operating in a weird way with and who's been in charge of what for a few years, right? Like, they didn't have... For the last two years, no, no proper general manager, no like steps, right? So, having Jason Hernandez, experienced or not, at least again, a guy that knows the league who seems to be really interested and engaged in this, and I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Jason Hernandez. Um, and he is also, of course, the source of one of our favorite bits on the show. Um, it is the gift that keeps on giving, and we will transition this into a GM skit, I swear. Um, I wonder if having these very defined roles back will make a difference. Um, I think it will. But also not sort of related, but given the speed and the attitude at which 
Bradley, father and son, left Toronto. How badly was that relationship managed? Like, was that just a mistake straight up from the beginning, coaching level or not from Bob? But like, did anybody expect Michael Bradley to hightail it out of town like that? And just basically say, like, he does not have seemed to have any indication or love for Toronto any longer, which, you know, that surprised me. And I realize it's like six questions instead of just two, but I apologize. I was say, where do you want me to start with that? I think I'll start Wherever with Wherever you feel stuff. like starting with that. And you can feel free to ignore yeah. any of it, but please, please don't ignore think, all of it. I think, um, so for me, and this was something that, that I've, I've sort of been rattling around in the back of my head is that I don't know if this season plays out the way that it does, if Michael Bradley doesn't pick up the first really serious injury that keeps him off the field and away from the team for as long as it did. You know, I think I think Michael picking up that injury and, and not being a part of the group that's in the locker room and that's training every day and that's on the road, I think that left a bit of a vacuum. Okay. And so when, when they announced Bob, I remember distinctly walking on on the initial press conference with Bob Bradley and just thinking to myself that this has the potential to be a fantastic story. You know, father and son come together, help rebuild this club that that is in need of it. Um, but there's always that question in the back of your mind of, of how does that relationship play out? And how does that relationship within a locker room play out where there's always going to be little frictions between guys? And so I, I kind of walked away from that thinking, uh, I hope this goes well, but I, however it goes, uh, it's going to be pretty dramatic. Um, and so the first thing is, is I don't know if this plays out this way, if Michael is able to, to be there day to day. And I think his, his absence left that vacuum, as I mentioned. And in terms of, of, you know, there was, when we heard that Michael was, was announcing his retirement, it was the week before TFC's final home match of the season. And I was joking with some of my colleagues that I was a little bit surprised that he was retiring, not not completely because we all sort of knew that it was on the radar and it's a question that he'd been asked the, the last few years. And, you know, we, we had also asked him why he hadn't done his coaching badges before. And he was sort of like, oh, I'm in no rush. I'll get to them when I get to them. And so while he was injured to find out that he was doing his badges, yeah. Uh, was sort of a little bit of an indication that he was maybe looking beyond his playing days. Uh, but the joke that I, I shared with my colleagues was, that, you know, as much as I'm surprised that he's retiring, I'm also surprised that he's starting to know that he's retiring. You know, I sort of half anticipated that when Michael did call it a day, uh, it would just be one of those things of you go and watch him play the last game of the season, and a couple of days later you get an announcement that Michael Bradley has retired from professional football and he's moving on. And so. When we were up at the BTG for for Michael's final press conference, I, I had a little a little laugh to myself when he did mention that that was something that had crossed his mind. So I was glad to see right. that I was on top of that. Uh, in terms of him leaving right away, I think I, I don't know where it stands. If, if I'm being completely honest, it it's it was always going to be difficult if this project didn't go well to see how that would strain the relationships. But I don't read into it any more than than Michael is a guy who, when he sets his, and this is something that John Erdman noted when we spoke to him about it, was that when Michael's in, he's all in, you know. And if he's not all in, then he's not in. 
And so what I see with him, you know, making his way over in gnarly way as quickly as possible. And what he said to us in that final press conference was that he was really excited to start this next this next part of, of his career. And so, you know, we can try and read into it that always oh, he's not at TFC or things ended poorly or whatever. But until I hear that from him, I, I'm right. going to read it more as he knows what he wants to do next and to do that he needs to take this next step and so you know we're we're all I, I think we're all a little bit more sentimental about it than he is in particular and so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that but it was uh it was something worth noting and something that I'm sure we'll be talking about for the next 10 years until he makes his return all the <laughs> right in 2035 or whatever it is um <laughs> until he comes back makes his try for return as head coach yeah no um so that's for part C of your question, mm-hmm. um, for part A, I think I think what you put your finger on in terms of of what's been going on in the front office over the last couple years has been both the root of a lot of our difficulty and also one of the undercover elements that that we we haven't really talked about as much because it's hard to talk about it without people you know going on record and actually want yeah. to talk about it. And the uh, the amount of turnover in that front office over the past seasons has been uncanny you know between, between greg and his staff coming in and out ali kerr was coming in chris armas everybody that i mentioned javier perez was there for a little while uh as a as a uh interim manager bob comes in bob's staff was always pretty small on the small side so i always got the impression that that and that's not even to mention bez and, and Corey ray and Jason Bent, who also left with Gray Rennie and Danny Dicchio, were have to create his, to to uh, find his pathway into the into the coaching situation. And just this past year, you know, Jack Dodd, that had an scouting department, ended up leaving midway through the year. And at the end, we found out that John Conway, the uh, the longest serving member of the coaching staff as goalkeeper coach, was was going to be Come leaving on. as well with with John Herman's guys coming in. If we go back to those earliest days of TFC, one of the things that we talked about a lot was part of the problem was you would get a coach and then you would hire a GM and then you would hire. It was always in the wrong order. Yeah. You know, you you always need to have your top guy bring in the guy below him and bring in the guy below. And so we haven't had a lot of time to get to to get to see how it is exactly that that Jason Hernandez works with John Herdman and his staff and how that folds into what Sean O'Neill is doing how that that new network is going to work but in terms of you know jason's a guy who, who i got to know relatively well well during his playing out here in Toronto, he wasn't here for very long as a player but uh he was a guy that i spoke to a lot for, for a lot of different things and to see what he's done the last three seasons in terms of of being a part of every every facet of a club and getting to know the ins and outs of, of running a club day to day and how to optimize that and familiarizing himself not just as a player within the MLS scene but as an executive in terms of how all the intricacies of MLS that we all you know love so much interplay I'm really curious to see how he does we've had a couple of opportunities to speak to him since uh since he took on the full general manager role and you hear a little bit about business speak from him, which always sort of raises the hairs on the back of my neck. But you yep. also know he's a good football guy, and so uh, I'm I'm curious to see how it pulls out. I, I think they have clearly defined roles, and I think I think you have 
between John Herdman and Jason Hernandez in particular, you have two walls that are really eager to find success at a new in a new environment for themselves after having the success that they had in their various respective fields previously. So there's a you get the sense of there, there's an optimism and hunger in the front office that we really haven't seen for a little while. And so, yeah, it's it's early days now. We we did have a, a nice long conversation with Jason Hernandez just last Thursday, heading into this draft. So we will see. He's got a, a lot of work on his plate with him, John Herdman, and staff, and everyone there at TFC. So it's I think it's going to be a pretty busy offseason. And I, I don't, I don't know if I answered all your questions, but I feel like I've been talking. No, that to was great. Thank years. you. Yeah, good God, James, answer the question. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> you Come did on. great. That was, that was, that was what I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to ask James some questions? What's your favorite color? Hmm. Uh, blue. Done. Yeah. All right. Next blue? segment. Okay. So, <laughs> James, what's thirteen times twelve? Oh. 12 times 12 is 144, I believe. So if you add a 12 to that, that would be 156. Man, oh, no, shit. Everything. This guy does maths as well. Hooray. Fucking shit. <laughs> He's a complete player. So who are we watching uh, for TFC2? Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I thought I missed that part. That was like thrown in as a preamble to the, the last several series of questions. Uh, whether it's with John Molinaro at, at TFC Republic, where I am the resident TFC2 expert, which I always feel a little bit funny for somebody to say. Did you just plug JMO on our show? Look at you. Or on my own podcast, Next Pod Soccer, with Dwayne Rollins. One no. of the things that I always caution when talking about TFC2 is, it's how tricky it is for guys to make that jump from the second team to the first team, you know, uh, from the academy okay, to the well, second team. Then what about that- the guys that are with the first team that are still sort of really more TFC two esque guys that saw some minutes late in last season? Well, of those was, people, was, who are we watching? I was getting to it. I was getting to it. I, I was just right, getting. I'm sorry. From the academy <laughs> You're just plugging everything. Patience, Kristen. Patience. Yeah. I'm sorry if capitalism makes you uncomfortable, but uh, <laughs> it's it, what I would say is it's never a straight rise for any of these young guys. You know, we we all saw what Kobe Franklin and Alonzo Coelho were able to do with the first team this year. I thought that they were two of the more reliable pieces in terms of you knew what you were going to get from them, and they were going to give you that effort for for 90 minutes or 50 minutes of the action that they saw and Luca Gavrin, the goalkeeper who saw saw action in those last couple weeks of the season I thought he did particularly well and, and Luke is a guy that that I have a lot of time for he's a real character and so I'm sure people are really going to be excited to get to know him better often times forward but and I think if I look back at that TFC2 team from the year before that that those guys were all stars for who reached the Eastern Conference Final and had that epic game against Columbus Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who I who I think how long was this? Uh, Femi Antonoglu was perhaps the best of the lot. If you looked at that TFC team season before, uh, he was he was exceptional with TFC two. And part of one of the elements of making that jump from the second team to the first team is is having that string of games to get comfortable in your surroundings and to really show what you can do and. You know, Femi is a guy who picked up an injury in preseason this year, and, and he was always chasing things after that. 
And then he never got that run of games and that chance to prove himself. And, and 12 months later, he's he's looking for a new club. And so it's always a little bit dangerous. So much of this has to do with, with opportunity and timing and, and just a little bit of luck, to be honest, when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, but all of that said, there are a handful of guys at TFC2 that, that are on the verge of, of being ready to make that jump. I think, you know, the first name that you have to put out there is is Jesus Matisse, who is uh, uh, never sure whether I'm supposed to refer to him as a Honduran or an American, because he's Honduran, but he grew up in Boston. Um, Honduran? Like, like a, a Honduran, yeah, that could work. He, like Alonzo, were specifically brought in from outside to, to address a need in the first team. Uh, right. He's a wide attacker. He's the goal threat. He's fast. Uh, he can make things happen on his own. Some of the goals that he scored this year were just absolutely stunning. Uh, and he can also set things up for others. And, you know, we saw a couple glimpses of it during his substitute appearances with the first team this year. Yeah, I was just thinking. If- I, I remember not being too displeased with what limited time he had. Oh, he's a, he's a firecracker. He's he's not a very good interview, which always, always irks me a little bit, but. He's a, a fantastic player, and, and so we got to uh, got to stick Ash on him. I think that's Ash's job is media training. I don't know. Yeah, well, that, I'll wear, it will me a lot. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> might be good, but fuck you. You're not good quotes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, if there if there is one guy assigned to a first team deal, I, I expect it will be Jesus who makes that jump. He's perhaps the most ready, but. You know, there's a couple other guys. I think Lazar Stefanovic proved this year that, yes. that he's not very far off. He's 17. So so whether you want to sign him to that deal and loan him back to TFC2 where he can play every game or whether he's content to stay on a on an MLS Next Pro contract as opposed to a first team contract, how that all plays out, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, Adam Perlman, who was, who was the, the young defender that was catching everyone's eye this season before, is been overshadowed a little bit with how comfortable Lazar has been uh, in that MLS environment, but Perlman took some real strides in this year while being tasked with uh, a bit of a different role. His first season in MLS Next Pro, he was the young guy on the back line. He just had to focus on doing his job well, and that's, you know, you play the game that's in front of you, and you don't have to worry too much about everything that's going on around you. And this year, he was with Anthony Church having to move up into midfield when Alonzo Coelho moved up to the first team. You know, Perlman was the leader of that back line. And as an 18-year-old, to take on the responsibility of guiding the, the two 16-year-olds you have either side of you is, is a lot for a young player to take on. And I think he struggled with that at times, but he also grew through it. And so Adam Perlman's another guy that I'm keeping my eye on. And then and then one more name to throw at you is, is midfielder Marcus Simmermanchich, who, who had a Sorry, big Marcus who? Marcus Simmermanchich. Thank you. Adam Fultz, man. Uh, it took me a while to figure that one out. I always struggle a little bit. Every week when we, when we speak to John Chimney, the TFCT head coach, uh, every time there's a new name on on that roster, I, I always get that little, all right, tell me about this guy. So Simmer Manchich was a guy that, that we've had our eye on for a little bit. He was one of the last four guys who were with the first team in preseason last year as an 18-year-old. Uh, and, and he grew into... He grew a couple of inches and widened there a little bit this year, and the difference that that can make for a guy. Sometimes players struggle with with the growth spurts that come. It takes you a little while to get used to it, but he turned himself into a real dynamic box to box kind of guy that can could do the dirty work on the defensive side, but could also 
you know, play the past before the past and, and be involved in that sort of stuff going forward. And, you know, the four, the last four TFC two players that were with TFC in, in preseason last year were Kobe Franklin, Alonzo Coelho, both of whom joined that first team. And the other two were Adam Perlman and Marcus Simmer-Magic. So nice. if you're looking for guys who are, who are on the cusp of, of being ready, then, then those are the four names that I'd put in front of you. But there's so much of this that has to do with where is the best place for that player to be that season? How does it fit into the roster construction as it is right now? Are they, are they ready? One of the, one of the sad realities of, of the development side of the game is that sometimes you have to say goodbye to a guy who, who hasn't quite hit the mark yet because he's holding up minutes that need to go to that next guy. And, you know, you look at a guy like Dante Campbell, who's, who's doing so well with Fowler right now. Uh, you look at, uh, Stephen Yates, who was excellent for TFC two last year and went on to move to Pacific this last season. Uh, it's a bit of um, the cost benefit analysis of do we keep this guy here or do we move him on and open up that window for somebody else? Paul Rothroth, another guy who, who did exceptionally well, didn't have a future with the first team here, so he ends up moving elsewhere and you open up those minutes for the next young guy. And TFC two have gone a lot younger this past year. That was one of their standing goals was to be a much younger side. And we saw a lot of teenagers. So I wouldn't expect a whole raft of signs to come up quite this yet, but those are the names that I'd be keeping my eyes on. Cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, before we move on, anything else you would like to ask James? Why? Mm. Excellent question. Yeah, that is a tough one. Dumb. Um, yeah, there's only one answer. Jordy Cooley. And it's what because. Yes. I don't know if I ever have. Point, counterpoint. Or why not? Why not will also be acceptable as, <laughs> as a response to why. It's also Tony backwards. True. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. This is amazing Tony facts. Yeah. Why Tony you wide up backwards? <laughs> Fantastic. Man, if you ever run for office, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I go both ways. Oh. City councilor. Um. tony if you would just stop killing duncan that would be nice i'm fine all right the noise fills the room is good for my election (laughs) well duncan is one of our foley work guys so it's true what's coming up and uh What's coming up this week um, that we will not really get a chance to talk about until the new year, but we're going to speculate, i.e. look at a list of names, i.e. chuckle, um, is the MLS Super Draft. And it's so super. Um, And drafty. And very drafty. Bring a sweater. Um, Mark, when you get that loom scarves i'm making one for all these well not all these things super got, draft scarves you got time for 300 fucking you scarves. brand it super draft scarves super draft scarves i mean some of these names have to, would have to be a scarf i mean oh hell yeah mm. um but tfc 
have the top pick in this year's MLS Super Draft. Something Ooh. that they have not had for quite some time. In fact, the last time they had it, they traded it away. Andrew Farrell. Farrell? Farrell? Mm. Farrell was that pick. And we're still a little bit salty about that. Um, oh, but all the allocation money, Kristen. So much allocation money. <sighs> and we still got to <laughs> Becca. Uh, and they were Welsh. Uh, stop it. Didn't they also famously uh, draft over Omar Gonzalez? Yes. Mm. Anyway. Um, Who was up? When? Like, like mm-hmm. early. Like, like earlier. Like, yeah. Yeah. 2000. Uh, I don't know. Whenever his career started in MLS. Okay. Like that. Um, Although I think, so, it, if I'm not mistaken, I think, did they take Stephen Fry with that? I don't know. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe actually, which honestly wasn't a terrible choice. So, um, yeah, GM, Jason Hernandez. Stephen, Stephen Fry was mediocre at best with Toronto. That's a lie. At Duncan D. Fletcher on the Twitter. Stephen Fry had one good year with TFC. Oh, in 2010, when Precky was there, I was just going to say, who was coaching Duncan? Precky yeah. shot. Do a do shot. <laughs> 2009, you know, the defense was chaos. He was mediocre. 2011, I think I need to bring my pretty booze to the show. Defense was mediocre. Defense was chaos. He was mediocre. Sure, he did well under Precky. He's done well with a well-managed team in Seattle. In the right circumstances, good goalie. But, Duncan, you know, who's an assistant coach for Seattle? Savior. Oh, that's a good question. Good question. Um, Precky right now, but, you know, that... <laughs> The, the predated Perky's arrival. That, that was, you know. I know, I know. I was helping you, team. Sure, I agreed. But uh, yeah, yeah. Listen up, said, "Oh my God, Stephen Fry was fantastic when he's with TFC." No, he wasn't. Mil- Milos Kovacic beat, beat him out for a job. So, oh, you're a bit injured. Well, go. Oh, Milos Kovacic. Oh, he's as good as you. <laughs> Never mind. You can sit down now. I come on. Let, let's not be all like, "Oh, Stephen Fry was fantastic." Let's not do that. He's the finest Swiss American goalkeeping graffiti artist the game has ever seen. True. <laughs> oh, right, the graffiti art. You know what? You know what we missed? We didn't get to have um, an Issy Nakajima Farron Stefan Fry art collab. Oh, that's inhumane. Mm. Truly. Surely there's still time. I don't know. Is he sort of like chilling in Spain right now? I don't think he wants to come back to North America. I don't think Stephen Fry wants to go to Spain. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so anyway, uh, Jason Hernandez, hi, has said that they are going to use that pick. They do intend to uh, not trade it away. Mm. And um, that's happening on Wednesday uh, or Tuesday. Tuesday, day after recording. Um so again, we won't find out. We won't get a chance to talk about it until the new year. However, however, um, we do have the list of eligible players, and we right. know that Toronto needs everything, mm-hmm. um, mostly defensive players, uh, including you know a center back and, and 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 a and a right back and a and a left back and and a defensive midfielder. <laughs> Oh, and a forward would be nice too, but mostly I they think need. We, we could definitely do with the center forward. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, with no further ado, mm. um, 
we have a list which we'll link in the show notes yes when this episode goes up so that you can enjoy and find your own favorite names uh mark since yeah. you led the, you know found the list oh, um where do i start um i don't know but just have at all right all right so uh if it's a forward you're looking for might i draw your attention to the forward from the akron zips jason shuckalook <laughs> s-h-o-k-a-l-o-k shuckalook jason boom shuckalook yes i know right or or if 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 you're if you're looking for something more west we get from portland we got uh bubba fafana Ooh, that's a full ass name bubba fafana Fafana? Fafana? Maybe Fafana, Fafana? but let's go with Bubba huh? Fafana because that yeah, just sounds like yeah. one whole name. Oh, but can I bring your attention to from Manhattan College, oh, Gunner Studdenhoft? Ooh, no. Come on, he's a gunner. That guy's jaw must come out like I don't know. Oh, seriously, right? I mean, we tried. We tried head coach Daddy. Why not attacking <laughs> midfielder Kojo Dadzi? Okay. Do, do we need somebody? You just that... really want to have a daddy around, don't you? Oh, dadsy like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. If you if you need if you need a, le- a winger on the left, um, probably the most uh, TV cop name if there ever has been one, Jackson Castro. Uh, oh yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it sounds so fucking. Weapon Castro. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jackson mm. Castro in. Uh. Yeah. So there's a, um, also to uh, I, I, if if you need if you need somebody to crane a ball in, and I don't mean like the like construction. I mean the finishing move <laughs> from the Karate Kid, Daniel Russo from Notre Dame forward. I still can't believe that <laughs> he's the best around. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to see him paint the fence. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. TFC's right backs have always been shit. Mm-hmm. So let, let's pick Grayson Duty from UCLA. That's good. That's, <laughs> that's that's one of that's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the but on the left, can I suggest the most Irish origin story possible? Uh, and that's from Notre Dame, Paddy Burns. Burns. Paddy Burns. Burns. I don't know. Um if, if but, you wanna... but as a as a partner on the right, can I suggest Zane Bub? Zane hey, Bub. Bub. Zane Central Florida zone. Central Florida. Uh-huh. How's it going, uh-huh. Bub? I'm a, I kind of want to save the left back for for gentleman Pietro Grassi. Yes. If we're gonna go mm-hmm. down that route, then I would like TFC to sign both Fletcher Bank. Right winger from Stanford. Jesus fucking Christ, it's Stanford. Fletcher Bank from Stanford. Fuck off, guy. Fletcher wow. Bank. Uh, Dun- Duncan, yes. do you do work I'd for also... a bank by chance? <laughs> <laughs> and also, there is uh, forward from California, Berkeley, Eric Duncan. So, yeah, let's sign both mm. of those guys. What could go wrong? Oh, well, I always, I'm always thinking about cross promotion, and mm-hmm. uh, so why not uh, dip back into the Akron Zips and uh, get this future um, food item, the Josh Allenberger. Hey. Delicious. Uh, 
Um, if, if uh, I mean, if you need a bit of sauce, might I bring to you right back from Providence, Bernardo Prego. Oh. It's in there. <laughs> wow, TV has been in your brain, and now I also hate the fact that I know exactly what you just did. Well, ah! it, well speaking of television, uh, oh no, Saved by the Yellow, Saved by the Bell reunion in a single name from Michigan State, your goalkeeper Zach Kelly. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> you want some positivity around the team. Mm, you always. Do. Especially in German. So uh, from Duquesne, uh, I don't even know how Duquesne, don't know. Uh, Jaden, da. Da. Really? Jaden, da. The forward from Duquesne, Duquesne. You know, you when, I, when I look for a striker, I want someone up front who's deadly. Don't you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. No. Yes. So go for on. that reason, I'd go to Stanford and get Jackson Kill. Oh. <laughs> oh shit! It's so good. Oh. oh, and we could totally scoop him up from. Oh, we could take him away from Bez. Yes, I'm on board with this. Um, have you ever wanted a player's name to be a question? Yes. Center yes. midfielder from Duquesne or Duquesne. I don't. I'm. I'm not sure. I think it's Duquesne. Yeah. Duquesne yeah. Um, it is Duquesne. Uh, ask yeah. Eckeland. What? 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 Ask Eckeland. Why? It's not even. It's not even. Yes. Uh, because, it's, okay. it's short. It's a. Uh, it's not even a short form name. He's Norwegian. Ask mm. Eckeland. Mm. You know, sometimes you yeah. want uh, your your first overall pick to be a real uh, poster boy, though, a real dreamboat. Mm. Go on. For that uh-huh. for that reason, maybe uh, fill the midfield with San Jose State's Bo Larue. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And somebody mentioned somebody Jackson a while back there. I feel like the, the best Jackson out there is uh, sent back from Lexington uh, SC. Pinball uh, uh, Jackson. And it just it's just like it's you know it's the closest we're gonna get to Pinball Clements. Pinball Jackson. It's mm. the Kirkland brand pinball. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really, what I would like to call your attention to is if you are concerned about uh, cyborgs from the future coming back Go on. to take over, um, can I introduce you to Kyle Reese from the <laughs> University of Nebraska, <laughs> left Amazing. center back? <laughs> oh, man. That guy's a hero already. <laughs> from your, like, right, from your center backs? Class of 84. Do you do you want from 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 your center backs? Do you want the minimus? Because no. I've got the Maximus Jennings from Georgetown. Wow, Maximus. Maximus. Maximus is the first name. Jennings, yes, amazing. I mean, if we miss out on uh, Patty Burns, mm. don't worry. There's always Finn McRob. McRob <laughs> <laughs> uh, is back. <laughs> There's no and real he's introduction. Left, and he's a left yeah. back, so it's great. Uh, yeah. There's no real introduction to this one, but Nathan Metzak. <laughs> it's not actually dirty, but it no. sounds like it almost is. It's mm. dirty adjacent. That's good enough for me. Nathan Metzak. Um, if you, if if you want the worst name, like when I say worst name, it's not his fault. It's the bad parents naming award, and that's Wake Forest attacking midfielder Sidney Paris. Mm. What the Seriously. fuck? What the ever-loving fuck? Isn't he in, drama, he's in Toronto's Academy, isn't he, James? 
or was? Uh, a lot of guys end up asking there, so how exactly <laughs> are you know? <laughs> Over the years, you know, a lot of guys. Well, think of the the reference I always make for this is Jacob Schaffelberg. You know, he was away at school and he was still a member of the academy, so he was rarely on site and part of the academy teams. But when he had some time away from his other responsibilities, he would come in and be a part of it. So the the academy tags are are kind of fast and loose. Uh, in some regards for some of these guys, but that's not to say I, I honestly have not seen them in before. Also, Shuffleberg, good comedy name. Well done, James. Mm. If, I, if, if we're going to draft the first pick, I, I want to, you want fans to be crazy about this guy, right? You, you want them to be almost addicted to him. Go on. I want to get Tommy Mahalik. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a Tomaholic? Yeah. 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 Uh, Dang. Uh, no, Nick mm. Day, uh, center back from uh, Lipscomb. Mm. Dang. Dang. <laughs> Dang. In the same vein as Sydney Paris, Boston Rome. Is, oh, uh, another is another Bal- direct flight. Jesus, yeah. From, from that's Baltimore terrible, Harvard. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boston Rome. Fucking bad parents, honestly. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes when you check your skin for uh, unusual markings, you can't just uh, pay attention to those uh, classic brown moles. You got to watch out for those Casper moles. Oh, mm-hmm. those are the worst. Right. Yes. You can't see those, yes. but they're yeah. friendly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, right back from uh, Oregon State, Dante Williams. Uh, best Williams since Venus. Well, <laughs> fucking done. fucking done. I think we. I think that's the system, kids. We did it. We made it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm almost out of. I think I'm out of joke ones. Uh, I've got uh, my one of my favorite ones. Just like visually, it said, Jose bracket Kevin Bonilla. What? Like, <laughs> well, why? What? Really? Why? Yeah. Ho- is Jose goes by Kevin Bonilla? Is this some kind of fucking Perry Kitchen joke that I'm like not getting? That's just trickled down to the kids. And if your last name is Bonilla. <laughs> You're at least making your bracketed name Barry. Yeah. Bobby. Or Bobby. Or Bobby oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. What about what about Notre Dame forward who uh I want to say yes, yes to, because his the the word no is in his first name and his last name. Go on. Eno Ento. Oh, that's good. That that, that rolls off the tongue. That's a song. Mm. Um, this, I mean the the, the Scots, then they're generally not at all people. No, to stereotype and everything, but uh, from our seat, a center back from uh, High Point, uh, Benjamin Weeman. Ah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, we bastard. Hey. Hey. Uh, we man at the center back, uh, the right center back. I, I, uh, hmm. um, I do want to point out named Yaboa is fantastic. Always yes. From from but this is this and this one is specifically for Mark actually um, from on. James Madison forward Rodrigo Robles. No relation. <laughs> I checked, but Damn it. Uh, I mean yeah, it's it's nice to, it's nice to know that nudity will continue if he gets drafted. Exactly. I'm well, not obstructed because I am Robles. <laughs> but there is only one uh, Rodrigo or Rodriguez for me, of course, and that's the. As aforementioned, 
Brian, before, <laughs> before we were on air, science project that took the DNA from when Gary Lineker shit oh, on the I pitch. I still don't understand this. And sent it to a Brazilian lab where it was kept in cold storage for, I don't know, what do you think, Duncan, 20, 30 years? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, yes. To create yeah. Lineker Rodriguez dos Santos. <laughs> I still think it, it's like somebody lost a bet. So it's like the 1986 World Cup. Some Paraguayan was really fucking drunk and talking shit. And there was mm. a bet going on there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you're going to beat England? Yeah, fine. Yeah. All right. If you do, yeah, you've got to name your kid Lineker. And so, oh, lo and behold, 1986 World Cup. You know, uh, England beats Paraguay 3 0. He scored either two or three. I don't remember exactly which. Um, but then, yeah, no, he had then, you know, 20 years later, the guy has a kid. Yeah, remember that? you got to call it Lineker. Fuck you. And so here it is, Lineker Watson. Mm. It's either uh, that, that or a ma- was either that or a match of the day drinking game. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Speaking of match of the day. Go on. Not even a joke. Um, Emil Yaskalainen. Hmm. Not a joke because it's Juicy's kid. Nice. That forward That's long wild. Island. Yeah, you see also, yeah, you see Yeskalinen's first no, I don't know if it's first. It's his son, so to 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 the Bolton Wanderer supporter I'm sure listens to us and and, it, and I'm sure it's also only <laughs> one. Uh here is generational talent and i mean next generational talent i mean like he's like the greatest ever but uh yeah i couldn't believe what i saw it's like what are the how common of a surname could yiskalainen actually be such that there's another footballer about 25 years later if he makes it big can we call him the uc box (laughs) 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 it's pretty good it's pretty good. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, if you want a goalkeeper who sounds like a wrestler, yes, Memphis. Yep. JD Gun. JD Gun. Yeah. Nice. Hey, there's another good. one with brackets too. Heriberto, brackets, Beto, <laughs> Soto. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> you go? Me go. Mm. Um if if anybody looks to start a zoo. Um, especially on the left side, I got a I got a Tiger Evans uh, mm. left back, and a, <laughs> and I got a Tiger Smalls uh, left wing. So you can have like there you go. There's a couple Tigers right there, guys. Tiger Smalls, and both of them are spelled with a Y, T Y G E R. Interesting. All right, That's so a conspiracy. Getting, yeah, we need to be getting into ligers. Why does nobody ever name that kid Liger? Oh my mm. God. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, if I name a kid Liger, it's not because of that. It's because of wrestler. So. <laughs> oh, Liger. Liger wrestler? Okay, sure. Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the greatest lightweight <laughs> wrestlers ever. And it was neat. He was, his character was coming, uh, came from an anime, not something else. And he had this fantastic costume. He looked like a, like a precursor Power Ranger, but the man was a legend. So. What about okay. country western children's performer Bailey Sparks? <laughs> <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got I'm the, sure she. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're playing in a ball near me. Yeah, yeah. I've got no. I've got no time for that sort of like down market nonsense, Tony. I want something classy. Something like Nicolas Flerio Chateau from Ooh-la-la. Saint John's. 
Yeah, well then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's spectacular. Is this exhausted? I think it's exhausted. I think. I think. I think. Uh, I, think, I, think I think this horse is fully beaten. For everyone. I feel like it is. There's, so... there's, a, there's a couple of diops in there. I, I just hope one of them is related to uh, the Papa Diop, whatever. There's a Momo Adamani Diop. Our apologies to uh, Kevin, the body Ventura, who was all the way down at 170. Oh, <laughs> man. You mean, oh, McMahon. Thanks. <laughs> I hope he gets drafted by Minnesota. <laughs> if not, it's a conspiracy. Conspiracy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Duggan, too. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to some more known oh, players. Thirty at night. <laughs> We're almost done. And if you look, the... good lord, can't just, um, can't just wait know, for Saturday's so, show. So Toronto, um, not likely to make outside of the draft. They're not likely to make a lot of moves until the we new even year. Mentioned Ken Dickey. Ken I'm trying Dickey. to just move on. Um, <laughs> But there are some free agents, MLS free agents that are could be interesting prospects for Toronto. Um, James, do you have any thoughts on some of the available prospects? I personally was thinking Kellen Acosta. Do any about funny names? I'm still sort of <laughs> recovering from what I've been. Uh, witness to this past 25 minutes or however long it has been from the bottom of our house absolutely welcome <laughs> um, no I it's funny I I haven't really invested much time in looking at at sort of who's available on waivers who's available from the re-entry draft who's available from re-engency and I, I think and this came up a little bit in our conversation with, with Jason Hernandez last week was that you know the super draft moving to before the holidays it used to be Still so it, weird it used to be sort of the start of the season was the super yeah. draft and it it's a pretty resource intensive period in terms of you you have to spend a lot of time looking at video having conversations with guys all, all that sort of stuff that I feel do like they, do they still do the combine Hey, we're not going to sing do. the song because that'll get us banned. But do they still do the combine? They do. Okay. I, I'm not sure if they do the combine the same way or if it's invitational or, or some teams will have their own camps and bring guys in to get a closer look at them. So it's it's a pretty laborious project. And, and given the sort of lack of action that we've seen in the other, in the other streams, I wonder if teams are maybe sort of focused on this now because this is an immediate and it has a deadline and all those other conversations can sort of you know wait for a different time so yeah Kellen Acosta um fantastic player I was a little surprised that that LA didn't pick him up same um but I mean it's one of the one of the tricky things in in MLS is that you know where where guys are in terms of their service years and what their contract means in terms of what you have to offer them to pick them up at this stage of the country after that stage or whether the guy has interest in going over to europe or there are teams after him there's a lot of a lot more permutations that that can play out with any one of these guys before you 
you can really say like, oh yeah, this is definitely a guy that that TFC should be going after. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sort of this time of year is always a little bit tricky because there's so much information being thrown at you, and we don't get chances to to talk to people as much as we do during the regular season. So it's always a little bit. And plus, add in that I, I don't really go in for the silly season stuff. I tend to wait until things are official, and then I kind of invest brain power in it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing that we do know for sure is that it, it's a market that TFC's gone to a fair number of times since it was introduced. Uh, what was it, five, six, seven years ago, or whatever it was? And <laughs> you can always find you can always find a little bit of talent in there. Uh, if if that is where you want to go but the way that it interplays with salaries and stuff like that is is a little bit complicated is all i would say so yeah there's no names in particular that that jump out to me um there are a lot of former tfc players on the list as i look at it right now you know josh yeah, williams was... colin warner uh we saw quentin westberg resigned with Rush atlanta so, so he's colin off that list. Is still going wow. holding winger oh, holding man, winger Holding winger, okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I think so many of these come down to the conversations that you have with guys, uh, and and what role you could have for them at your club. And uh, I think Toronto has a lot. It's funny they. It feels like it's a time when the when the team needs to be making a lot of changes, but at the same time they have an awful lot of guaranteed contracts going into next year. So. It might be a matter of we have to see some bodies go out the door before they can be adding guys. So I think that's part of why it's been a little bit quiet. I think, you know, if you had a roster of, of 10, 15 guys, you could really start making some decisions on, all right, we have this spot, we have that spot. But I don't know the exact number, but TFC has like 22 or 23 or 24 guaranteed contracts for next year. Yeah, so, so many. Guys have, guys have got to be uh, heading out the door before they can, uh, before they can add anybody. But yeah, we'll but see. It's, it's going to be an interesting month or so. Before we move on from this, this to the, to you know our last little bit of the show, um, Mark, mm-hmm. Kai Kamara, he's available. Don't this don't could do, be our year. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I, I mean, want... he won't. It won't. We won't get him. Apparently, it's I'm... never our turn. But. He's available. Look, if he scores more than two goals, I'll be wherever he goes. I'm, I'm already going to be disappointed. <laughs> all it takes is two. That's it, everyone. It's all I. Two will be like fuck. We could have had that because you know how yep. badly we needed two goals last year. Just in general. Yep. Just in general. <laughs> Just in general, two goals would have probably got us at least an extra two points. <sighs> Let's sigh. But uh, okay. That's that's the start thing. Hey, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Before we finish our last show of the year, um, it is the festive season, of course, and uh, you know, people often make New Year's resolutions or write letters to Santa. So, gentlemen, do you have? You know, is there something that you resolve or you want to ask Santa or is there something that you want to ask on behalf of your team or the sport in general? Please send it out into the universe. Let's hear it. Hmm. I'm certainly not going to resolve to to give more of a shit. 
but I might ask Santa <laughs> to give more of a shit. Because, you know, that'd be nice if I'd somehow got my sort of give a shit back about uh, about football in general. Because I feel like it went. And I, I don't know where it's gone. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be a resolution by any means. But, you know, hey, Santa, sure, that'd be nice. There you go. Yeah. Duncan, I'll find yeah. your resolution was to go see more League One Ontario games with me. We had a good time. That was that was good. Yes, we should do that. We're talking about uh, the, the what, whatever the U Sports, whatever. What does University Sports call itself these days? Yeah. Is it U Sports? Yeah, it is indeed U Sports. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, okay. But um, yeah, we could potentially get into uh, sort of small, small team games here or there for. You know, this will travel far for that sort of nonsense, but uh, yes, agreed. Fair enough, fair enough. That, that right I there think... could be the, the entry into giving a shit again. Yeah. Uh, I think my letter to Santa this year is that, you know, maybe the worst of the come down for both the men's and women's Canadian national teams and TFC are, are over. And, you know, maybe next year will be looking a little yeah. bit better. TFC's been a. Uh, been a, a rough couple of years for TFC uh, since the women won the Olympics and the men qualified for the World Cup. Uh, it's been a tough time with everything going on at the CSA. So, you know, the hope is that you know maybe twenty twenty four brings a brings a, a brighter future for the game. Twenty twenty six will be here before we know it, and I had all sort of hope that that would be a nice springboard for for the game in our country. And I think for all the for all the the hiccups along the way, I think we've seen a lot of progress in the last five ten years. Uh, but it would be nice if it if it wasn't quite so painful in the in between times. Uh, and in terms of in terms of resolutions, yeah, I've never been much of one for resolutions, but I hope to to find the time this year to to see a bit more of a fulsome picture of what goes on in the game in this country. You know, it's we all we all watch the upper professional tiers. We all we all talk about. The MLS clubs and the CPL clubs and the guys playing overseas, but there's a there's a lot of good work happening in a lot of different places that doesn't necessarily get those headlines. And so, you know, as Duncan and I went out to our league in Ontario final, I, I hope to find some time this year to to keep an eye on everything else that's happening now, just so I don't get get lose sight in the bigger picture and looking at details. Mm-hmm. Don't take the you know, the. Uh... CSA, all the problems there. CSB has obviously caused issues as well. So, I, you know, I, I'd like the, the a CSC to come along. Maybe a CSD. Eventually, they're going to get to something that will actually work out for people. It'll be good for hey, it'll grow this part of the game and that part of the game without stopping that part of the game, and everything will be fine. Yeah, I think we need. To get want- to, I think we need to get to Canadian soccer dystopia before we can get to <laughs> Canadian soccer paradise. So, there's a lot of letters, man. I was going to say he just wanted Canada Soccer Duncan to be in the name. Mm. Also, also plausible. It's worth a shot. Why not? Why not? But that's Tony's thing. <laughs> no, my my thing is my thing is trying to get uh, the Sean Dyche cooking show off the ground. <laughs> that was amazing. That was so great. I I'm so sad I had not seen it before today, but. That made my that made my day. It was wonderful. Also, too, to much like Duncan, to up my uh, level of uh, interest, I guess, particularly locally, I would like to appeal to Santa Claus to appeal to 
I don't know. Let's just say some Mexican owners to maybe move a club downtown. You know, it would be easier to get to. Santa? The uh, to Yorkville FC. Oh, <laughs> there what you a go. ring to it. What a ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gold, gold and marble uniforms. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I would like Santa Just to... Instant league Sorry. villains. Everyone, oh, around yes. the country, everyone around the country would hate Yorkville FC. I know. Oh, yes. Perfect. Perfect. No one, like home. no one likes us and your parents work for us. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now I need this to happen. This is good. <laughs> no one likes us, but we own you, so we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care because we're in a different tax bracket. <laughs> uh, I would like Santa to, yes, bring some calm to uh, the CSA and Canada soccer and uh, put things on, just just make it make sense and equally fund both teams but also for Canadian soccer to continue to grow these tiers. And um, I love what's happening with League One Canada and League One Ontario and League One BC. Like I, the fact that that is growing and growing. You see new teams, new sides every year. It's amazing. I want more of that. Uh, I resolve to pay more attention to uh, CanPL and League One stuff than I did this last year. I was a little tapped out. Um, and also, I also, of course, resolve to continue to reach out and go on as many podcasts as possible, um, just because I know that it's very important to the guys that I do so. Um, so, yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to keep, keep up with that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think I think Santa could 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 do some stuff to sort of smooth some things over. And, yes, I would love for TFC to just not be a dumpster fire. For just I don't care. I don't, they, they don't need to, to, they don't need to like win everything. I would just like them to be competent. Yeah, competitive. That would be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that would be nice. Even, y'all don't even got to make the playoffs. Just make it look like you're trying to get there. You know, and now it was it 15 teams make the playoffs now. Make it get to 16th. Show the effort that you wanted. And you were like, we're going to win a few games that matter. And and just get just get closer. I mean, if you make the playoffs, brilliant. Thank you. That's nice. But the fact that this shit was just, or at least can we push? We can call progress when it's clear that they've given up. Ends in a month that is like Ember, you know, Ober. <laughs> like 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 if it ends, if the month ends in a ber. You've done good because it was gust when it started to drop. You know, let's go. Let's get to the burrs of the months, and and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's 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 my that's my wish, and that Wubens gets three goals wherever he plays. At least there three. you go. That sounds reasonable. Ways of ways of glass. Oh, I mean, in a game, come on, that would be that'd be incredible. But I'll just take three for the season because that means he's earned his paycheck and deserves a spot. <laughs> well, okay. Well, on that note, that that is our show for this week. That's our uh, final show for 2023. And um, <laughs> please join us next year 
yep. sometime in January when we find out who TFC took at the with the number one super draft pick and if they picked up any free agents and if they actually decided to do something like do something with the Italians, who knows? You know, there'll be there'll be fun things. Does the CSA uh, elect a general secretary so that we can get a coach of the men's national team? That would be fun too. There's lots of questions and lots of things for us to talk about in the new year. But for now, we're gonna take we're gonna take a few weeks off because you know holidays stuff like that. And uh, we'll be back, um, and it'll be fun as per usual. We'll even bring James back before next December. Yeah, I swear that's that's too long, James. Too long. Much too long. Much too long. We'll we'll see about that. <laughs> hey then. I told you you didn't have to wear pants or anything. Come on, man. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you all for spending. Uh, James James wants to be the Krampus. <laughs> thank you all for spending so much of your time with us this year. Um, yeah, you're welcome, Kristen. Jesus. Seriously. <laughs> mm. No, Kristen doesn't want to end the show anymore. All right. Well, hey, I've been Duncan D. Fletcher this whole time. It's true, you have. <laughs> it's true. I'm me too. Vocal, min- vocal minority CA. Sure, that. You, that's, well. you, that's you do most of it anyway. Sticky toffee pudding. Yes. You know what? Uh, well, in that case, special thanks to our special guest and amazing friend. You can follow him at Grassy G R A W S E E on the Twitters. Gentlemen, James Grassy. Thank you very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Ooh. It had been far too long, as as you guys mentioned. And uh, yeah, we were uh, we were blue. Thanks for making. Thanks for, making us sound, thanks for making us sound smart once a year, buddy. <laughs> my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Was, uh, it was very hard to maintain my air of professionalism. It's really not. It's really. It's, that's, that's, that's what we go for. Yeah. It's not hard next to the four of us. True. Oh, uh, you're back? Kristen's here. She's on the internet, the entire internet. She's like, hey, Zed, no. It's Kristen. And apparently, we have to talk uh, with someone to mention Mark. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, out there on the Twitters at Kitnerd Mark with a K, not a Q, Mister Mark Hinkley. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, thank you, and also thank you to everybody who continues to support our podcast via Patreon. We absolutely appreciate it. And I would like to uh, send a belated but personalized congratulations to the man, the only man I know who is responsible for both an MLS Supporter Shield and an MLS Cup, our friend of the show, Mike Hudson Sucks. Yes. We apologize for forgetting to give you props for the Columbus thing winning, you know, the Columbus thing winning, because I have written you down as a Cincinnati guy. However, those that know you know that you got hands in both cookie jars, and I understand and respect that. But I also forgot it. So congratulations, homie, on all the silverware. You deserve it. From Randy. Hooray for Ohio. Yeah. Because yeah. because since he won won the plate and Columbus won the cup. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Oh, he, hi. Yeah, he got the double. Yes. Yeah. His support <laughs> travels from Randy Savage International Airport all the way down to Venus Flytrap Municipal Airport. True. Venus Flytrap Municipal Airport. Okay.
not a wrestler. Anyway, Kristen. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the uh, of where that's coming from. I speaking think. of planes, let's land this son of a bitch and go home. No, I'm certainly going to try. Uh, <laughs> what a messy ending to the year. Like, and we're so like the rest of the year is so professional. Oh, God. I know. This is disappointing. I blame, I blame James. <laughs> two 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 hours fifteen minutes, guys. You think that's James's fault? Yes. Yes. Okay, it's possible. But anyway, Kristen, until next year, Canada, get used to it. Brilliant. Hooray! Uranus. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs>